Good morning. Hi. Are you guys excited this morning? You should be excited. If you're not excited, get excited. This is an exciting day. It is an exciting day. One of the, the, uh, the difficult things about building relationally and not hierarchically is that while we celebrate transition and change, relationally, there's a price. If we were just a business model where it's just we hired in a pastor for four years and then we sent him off to the next thing, it's a little bit easier to go through the motions. And so I, you know, I, I get that there is a, relationally, there, there is some hardship and some sadness today. But don't let the sadness be the driving thing. And it's okay to have some tears, and I'm sure there'll be some tears at some point. But more than sadness, there's a celebration because the kingdom is advancing. It's an exciting season for you as a church. As much as we are going to, and if you're, if you're a guest this morning and you don't know what's going on, it's not just the sixth birthday, but um, the, the, the team that leads this church is having a leadership transition this morning. So um, my lovely parents, Russ and Mary, are handing over to these, this amazing couple, Tim and Kate, um, to lead the team that leads this church. If you didn't know that, surprise, um, you came on an exciting morning. If you did know that, welcome. Yeah. Did you guys know that? As long as you... <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> no, they, they knew. <laughs> they, they, they've heard God. But thank you so much for having us um, to be part of this, this uh, amazing morning. And it's a privilege to come down, not just because it's my parents, but because we love you as a church. We've been praying for you. Um, I'm stoked that we're able to bring Ryan and Catlin with us um, to represent Melbourne Lights Church. And we have been praying for you as a church in this season of transition. Um, I, to be honest, we've been praying for you as a church since before you even knew that you were a church. Um, since before this church was planted, we've been praying and partnering. And, um, but honestly, we're excited for your future. To me, this is an exciting day. I'm also excited that we get to have my parents close to us again, um, and as part of Melbourne Lights Church, and we're pretty stoked on that. Um, but you know, it is only like a 45-minute flight, so I'm sure they're going to come back and visit. Um, before I get into it, I want to preach a little bit today to, to you as a church, not just to the leadership team. Um, but before I get into it, and before we get to transition, and we're going to pray and, uh, and set Tim and Kate in place, but I want to honor my parents, first and foremost. So Russ and Mary, my parents... Um, they have laid down their lives for the sake of the gospel. They've established amazing foundations and kingdom heritage. We wouldn't be leading Melbourne Lights Church if it wasn't for them. They planted that church and handed it over to us. So Tim and Kate, you guys get to step into some amazing, amazing heritage. I mean, we are blessed to have been those that follow them. Um, and they have moved internationally. Tell me how many times because I, ne I would never get it right. 11 times, been a part of three church plants, leading many churches. They are kingdom heroes. And so I'm going to ask you to do something you might not normally do in this church, but would you stand to your feet and honor them before we get into it this morning? <laughs> Come on. 
Amazing, amazing. Now, for anyone, any of you that know my parents, they'll be like, we didn't plant the church, it's Jesus that planted the church. And it's not about us this morning, it's all about him. And even as we were honoring them, they're trying to honor him. But there is in the scripture precedent for honoring those who say yes to Jesus. We don't honor them above Jesus, but honor is important in God's economy. So while there can be some sadness and nervousness when it comes to change, the sense of celebration, I think, this morning should be first in our hearts. We celebrate you guys as a church and your ministry and what God's doing in you as a church. Because today is about you more than it is about Russ and Mary or Tim and Kate or the leadership team. It's about what God's doing in this city, in you together. Psalm 84, verse 5 to 7, which I think is amazing. As Michelle started to read that this morning, I leaned over to Tim and I said, that's my first scripture this morning. And he was like, you're joking. And I was like, no, it's, I'm not. Blessed are those who strengthen, <laughs> strength, I can speak English this morning, it'd be good. Whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The ISV says, whose, whose heart is on your path. As they pass through the valley of Baca or the, or, or the valley of tears or the valley of giants, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. But the NLT says they will continue to grow stronger. And I believe this is a word for you, Redemption Hills Church today. Um, and not just because I wrote it down, but it's a word from the Lord because Michelle read it out to start our worship. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Don't you love how God speaks? That this is his idea? This isn't, this isn't the leadership team's idea. This isn't... Um, someone else, this is God's idea. And he's speaking. Blessed are you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I believe the, the, the great and amazing foundations have been laid in this church, in you. So the church is people. Remember that. When we say in this church, it's in you who have been added to Redemption Hills Church. And I also believe you're going to continue to see more of God's promises fulfilled in the next season, that he wants to take you from strength to strength. He wants you, as you pass through those places of tears and of, and of, of giants, that they become places of springs. They actually become wells of his presence that when others come to that place, you can go, no, we've dug a well in this place. You can come drink of the presence of the Lord. We can celebrate this transition because God's plan in transition is to bring a new season of greater impact. It's not, okay, they've reached an age in retirement. You know that there's no retirement in the kingdom? You can retire from your job. You can retire from the thing that, you know, the, the company that pays you money. But in the kingdom, there's no retirement. There's just promotion into eternal glory. You have a call until you go home to be with Jesus. Stephen Barb, there's no retirement in the kingdom. There's just promotion into eternal glory. Redemption Hills Church, God is taking you from strength to strength. This is a strength to strength day. This is a glory to glory day. And when we look at transition in the Bible, because you know that there's transition in the Bible, we see a number of amazing things. If you look at Moses to Joshua, you see greater inheritance. Elijah to Elisha, we see a greater anointing. Abraham to Isaac, there's a, there's a greater release of blessing. David to Solomon, there's a greater glory that comes. 
And I want to prophesy that over you guys today, that there's a greater inheritance, there's greater anointing, there's greater blessing, and there's greater glory for you as a church. It's a new season for Redemption Hills Church. Same church, new season. Same heart, same calling, but new season. Will you lay hold of it and will you celebrate what God's doing? Because there can be a temptation to go, oh, but it was better before, or it's different now, or things, have, things will change and things will, will be different, and there is ups and downs, but will you celebrate the new season that God's bringing you into? Will you be a part of it? Excellent. I like, I like it when you're vocal. That's good. It's, uh, yeah. It's good to respond. You don't have to wait till a response at the end. You can respond during the preach this morning. I believe there's new ways. There's new things. There's new territories. There's new challenges for you. Yes, there's new battles, but God wants to bring you to a place of increase. It's a new start and a new opportunity, not for Tim and Kate, but for you as a church to say yes to God and what he's doing. The new opportunity to say yes to the things of the Spirit and where he wants to lead you into and the wells he wants to unlock for you and for your city and for the nations. This isn't in my notes, but I want to say, don't believe the lie that Launceston is just a little town. God has nations for you to impact. You're not just talk- it's not just for this city. And if you just need to believe that it is for the city beyond just you, then that's a step for you this morning. But don't believe it if people say, no, no, you're too far away. You're, you're small, popular. It's not Melbourne or Sydney. Who cares? God has a call for you that goes beyond this place. There's going to be nations that will be opened up. So this morning, I want to look at seven things for this season that you're stepping into. This isn't just for the leaders or the eldership team. For you as a church... Seven things that I feel like God wants you to remember and to lay hold of and to say yes to in this season that you're stepping into. It's already there. Surprise. Um, In this season, number one, passionately pursue Jesus. You know, missions isn't primarily about going somewhere. It's about following someone. It's about following Jesus. It's about being sold out for him. Not just singing a song that says, all my delight is in you. Well, I don't really delight in him and I'm not really participating in it. You know that songs make us hypocrites and liars often. (laughs) You know, I went real quiet. (laughs) We can sing it. It doesn't matter what you sing. It's actually what you do. It's about following someone. That's why, and I'm sure you've heard this, but it's our mission to know him, to be known by him and to make him known. That's what this church exists for, to know Jesus, to be known by Jesus, to be a people of his presence and to make him known. If you look at the church, though, in Ephesians, uh, the church of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, it's a little history study. Paul, when he sees this church established, was obsessed with Jesus. The Bible says they held the name of the Lord in high honor. But 30 to 50 years later, Revelations writes about this. It says this in Revelations 2, verse uh, verse 2 to 5. I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance. This is good. These are good things. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, 
and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. This is 30 to 50 years later after Acts chapter 19 is written. It says this, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. We have to stay in love with Jesus. We have to stay firstly and, for, and foremost in love with him, passionate about him, and keep pursuing him. It doesn't matter how it starts if we stop being in love with him along the way. It's about first love. It's about focusing on and knowing Jesus and making him known. And not just for leaders. This is for all of us this morning. Can you say amen really loud this morning? Amen. There you go. This is for every single one of us. Don't let the issues of the day, don't let the things that go on around us, or the season you find yourself in, take you away from passionately pursuing Jesus and from making him known to those around you. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging. So if something changes, it's not him. If something changes, it's us. It's our heart. It's our focus. It's what he's called us to. And in this season, that can't change. In the midst of transition, Jesus remains the same. Make your life about him. Make your ministry about him. Make your time about pursuing him. Make your worship about him. And I know you do that. I'm kind of preaching to the converted on this point. But I want to remind you, don't go after other things. Secondly, in this season, passionately pursue prayer and power. Somebody said, prayer is weakness leaning on omnipotence. We need the power and the presence of God. A lack of prayer means a lack of power. And that's, I'm not just saying as a corporate, to get, as a church together, I'm saying in your life. Do you pray? Do you see the manifest presence of God demonstrated through you in power? In the book of Acts, the apostles walked in power because the church was praying. The early church, let me just remind you, didn't have big budgets. Remember in Acts 3, they say, silver and gold have we none. That wasn't just because they didn't want to give it away. They just didn't have any of it. <laughs> I always say, you know, if we have it, we'll give it, but we don't always have it. But what we do have, we'll give to you. The early church didn't have political approval or acceptance. There can be great seasons of, of, of blessing and, and influence when that comes, but also there can be great problems when that comes as well. They didn't have degrees or seminary recognition. They were unschooled, ordinary men and women, but they had power. Silver and gold have we none, but what I have, I give to you. Get up in the name of Jesus Christ, walk, and the guy who'd been lame from birth stands up and begins to walk. That's still for today the same Holy Spirit, and he wants to use you. The Holy Spirit, I think I said this in, in November when, when uh, I was here, but I want to say it again. The Holy Spirit is not a blessing from God. He is God. He is the third person of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Father, Son. Son, Holy Spirit, Father. They are all God together. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. 
as a church, you need the power and presence of God to be manifest. We cannot be who God called us to be. You can't be who God's called you to be without the manifest power of the, of the Holy Spirit moving in and through you. In Exodus 33, verse, uh, verse 12 to 19, they pray this. Uh, they, 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 their prayer is, Lord, don't send us up from here if your presence doesn't go with us. God's calling you into greater seasons and God's calling you into a new season of impact. But would the cry of our hearts be, God, don't even send us up from here if your presence doesn't go with us. Because it's your presence that distinguishes us as your people. Think about that because there's a lot of churches who are indistinguishable from the RSL, the sporting club, the fishing club, what sets us apart? The presence of God. What sets the captives free? The presence of God. We can't heal the sick. We can't, even, we can't convince someone to be saved. You have to convince them, then you're going to have to convince them to stay. It's the presence of God. It's the manifest power of His Spirit that sets captives free, that sees demons flee, that sees the sick healed, that sees people saved, that sees people radically transformed, and He wants to use you, and He wants to use this church. Would you make a space where His presence is welcome? in your home, in your marriage, in your life, in, the, in these gatherings. That looks like something. That's something for you guys to, to explore, but that looks like something. There's an honor to his presence. That looks like going, you know what, when we gather, whether it's in a home or it's in this building or it's to pray, honoring his presence and making a space where he is welcome looks like something. It's not passively coming in to watch. It's not sitting during worship. If you need to sit, though, because of health things, yeah, there's grace for that, but he also wants to heal you. And we, and we believe for healing, but it looks like something. It looks like a position of our lives and of our hearts. It's expecting. It's coming with faith. It's laying hands on the sick. Redemption hills. God wants to release the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost in your midst. Are you ready? If you're not ready, come and talk to Tim and he's gonna help get you ready. Come and talk to this eldership team and they're gonna come help equip you because we all come from different places and there is a growth in this, but if we don't pursue this and say actually we're open and we want it, then we always live in a place of lack. A.W. Tozer said this, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Ask that question of your life. Will you passionately pursue prayer and power? God is stirring something up in this nation, not just in you. We've seen, and I said this to our church last week, in the last 18 months, we've seen more deliverance than in the 14 years before that that I've led the team. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit comes, when his presence comes, demons have to flee. Not that we're, we're not going looking for it. When the Holy Spirit shows up and somebody begins to manifest because freedom needs to come, then we have to deal with it. 
And it's not like a crazy, it's just like you have to go in Jesus' name because his presence is here. So often, and I know I'm getting caught in time, but I'm gonna go after this anyways. But so often, we use, we, we, we use this idea of, but what if it's demonic? People begin to manifest. The presence of God comes. Yeah, but, but what if it's demonic? If you want more of the presence of God, you're gonna have to get, and can I say in quotations, comfortable with the demonic manifesting because when the presence of God comes, demons have to go. So if you freak out when somebody manifests because the presence of God is there, then we have to kind of like reassess this thing of like, what does it look like? Because Jesus went around healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, and raising the dead. Now we haven't seen any dead raised yet in our church, but we're going after it. Anyways, I'm going to move on. It's Australia's time. Um, Paul Zanardo, some of you guys might know Paul. He's, he's a part of our team. Um, and we've asked our whole team to be praying for you and sending through prophetic words. And um, I'm going to send uh, a whole like, email full of pages and pages of prophetic words to Tim that you guys can wade through. Um, but he, he, he had a prophetic word. I want to share it with you. Um, firstly, he said this, don't be afraid of the suddenlies of God in this new season. God is showing up in new and unexpected ways. A new wave of people, especially migrants, are coming. God will carry, uh, uh, some will carry a fresh torch of the Spirit. Secondly, he said there's new wine and new oil in this season. Both will go through some crushing, but the oil and wine will be incredible. Many that have sat at the outer table will now come to the feast. Thirdly, he felt that the Holy, the Holy Spirit invites you into a place of higher and concentrated prayer and warfare. It's taking new ground in prayer and intercession. And it's, then finally, and there's a warning part of this. So finally, there's a warning. Be careful to hear the right trumpet sound. Some will play a trumpet that's from the enemy. Don't listen to them, he says in capital letters, they are usurpers of the new wine and anointing. I thought that went well with that point that I was just making. So thirdly, what's required in this season? Thirdly, what is required in this season is strong leadership. To walk into the things that God's called you to require leaders, and you have this, but require leaders that lead and a church that's willing to follow that leadership. So often we want somebody to lead us, but we don't actually want to follow when we're challenged. Everyone likes, likes to say that they're, that they're on board and they're behind it and they're submitted until they're asked to do something they don't want to do. And then they throw their toys out of the cot. <laughs> Leadership is influence, it's not control. It cannot be forced. It cannot be imposed. It's a choice, and it's a decision. And Hebrews 13, verse 17 says this, Obey or have confidence in your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who, have to, uh, who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. You say amen this morning? Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. You have an amazing team that leads this church. I can say that because I, I know them. Yeah. I've spent time with them. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. I can't say that of every church we've ever been to, but I can say this of this church. There's an amazing team. 
And while today there's a change in the leadership of that team, the team is still here and the team is still leading well. The best way to honor Russ and Mary is to honor Tim and Kate and the team that they're going to step into to lead. The best way to back Russ and Mary is to back Tim and Kate and the team. It's not to compare everything. Like, Tim and Kate are different. They should not be Russ and Mary. If they try and be Russ and Mary, something is wrong. They should be them, and they're going to be themselves. The best way, though, to honor that is to get behind it, to get behind them, to get behind the team, to say, yes, we want to run forward together. Fourthly, in this season, passionately pursue the releasing of the priesthood. I know these aren't new things, because I know you guys, this is something that you guys actually do well and, and, and you're pursuing. But I'm wanting to remind you of some things, because I think some of these things are things that can come up at times. It might not be next week, but it might be six months down the track. And you go, hey, remember? Remember that transition day? We need people in the church to take ownership, not merely attend. This church needs you to take ownership, not just be an attender. Attenders have rights, but owners have responsibility. Tenants have rights, but owners have responsibilities. Are you a renter in this church? Are you a tenant, an attender, or are you an owner? You can take responsibility. This is your house. The early church was family in relationship. It was friends in fellowship. And it was followers of Christ in partnership together. And I want to say this. You, sir or ma'am, this morning need to get involved. If this morning is only about a handover of the leadership of the team that leads this church from Russ and Mary to Tim and Kate, then we've missed the point of what God wants to do. You need to get involved. Lend your weight to the cause. Blow wind in the sails of what God's saying to this church. Be generous. Redemption Hills needs a massive release of resources to fulfill what God's called you to. It can be easy to step into a building that looks like this and go, wow, they've got it all together. Like, you know, I can just sit back. That's not the point. The point of a building like this is to release more for the kingdom. To equip more people, to see more of the presence of God come so that more people can be set free for the sake of the kingdom. We don't stop here. It's a launching point. Will you be generous with your time? Will you be generous with your treasure? Will you be generous with your talents? Will you be generous with your passion? Can I be as strong as to say this today? And if Tim disagrees, he can... The eldership team, they can change this later. But if you're, can I be as strong as to say, if you're not willing to serve and give and get involved, then you need to find a different church. If you're still in the, if, if, if this is your first Sunday, <laughs> then you need to pray and hear God because it's Jesus who adds to the church and you're exempt from that comment for this week. But if Jesus has added you to this church, but in your heart you're not willing to serve, to get involved, and to give, then can I say that Jesus hasn't added you to this church, or you have a heart issue? So either get free and get changed, or go find somewhere else, because what God's calling this church to in the future requires every one of you to lean in and say yes to what he's doing. Fifthly, in this season, please protect 
your relationships. The devil wants to kill this church, and he wants to use you to do it. Hopefully not you, ma'am. <laughs> but it's true. The devil wants to kill this church, and he wants to use the people in this church to kill this church. So often we think there's going to be this attack from the outside. No, no, no. That's not what kills churches. What kills churches is the people in the church. Don't let him. No room for division. Protect your relationships. Don't allow any room for gossip, for slander, for accusations, for offense, for bitterness. I'm sure, as I look around the room, that some of you have been in other churches in the past. I only say that because there's some older people in the room. And this church has only been around for six years. So you can be pretty confident. And if you've been in church, maybe you've seen churches fall apart because of this very thing. Offense comes in, bitterness comes in, accusations come in. I'm not saying cover things up, but deal with it in a God-honoring way. Because the church is Jesus' plan to see the world reach, to see the kingdom extended. We are kingdom-advancing people. And in this season, if the enemy tries to shake and the enemy tries to throw accusation or shoot darts, don't buy into it. Don't allow gossip. Don't allow slander. If somebody offends you, go to them. The other Bible says, if somebody sinned against you, go to them and ask God to restore. Ask them. And if they don't respond, then take somebody else with you. And if they don't respond, you know, then tell the elders. There's a biblical way to deal with it. I've literally had people leave the church that we get to lead the team in because they came to me going, this person did that and, and you have to do something about it. And I said, well, no, the Bible says you have to go talk to him. Well, no, no, no. And I said, well, you have to do it. You, you, lead, you, know, you lead the church. I said, well, I, we have a team, but um, why me? I said, but no, no, the Bible says you actually have to go talk to him. Well, I don't want to talk to him. I was like, well, then you're sinning. And then they left, all angry at me. I was like, I wasn't even a part of it. Can you please just do what the Bible says? Because God's way is the best. And if you won't do it, then can I be as strong as to say you are sinning? Don't put it on Tim to have to go deal with it. Don't put it on the eldership team because they're going to have to pick up the mess that comes with it. In this season, you deal with it the way God said to deal with it. And don't let there be any seed that begins to bear fruit that causes division. In covenant relationships, we are committed to one another. You know that we judge ourselves by our intentions, but other people judge us by our actions. Oh, I intended to be there, but things came up, and I didn't say anything, I didn't communicate, and all everyone else sees is just that you weren't there. I meant to call you. I'm so sorry for your loss. I, I meant to call you, but you didn't. How often does that happen? It doesn't matter what you intended to do. It's what others see you doing. I intended to worship this morning, but I had a rough night's sleep, and so, meh. No, we don't get the choice to intend. We do it. We step in. We lead. We worship. We press into his presence. Covenant relationships are submitted. That's mutual honor and submission. Mutual honor. They're serving. Covenant relations are serving. Not what I can get, but what can I give? The question you should ask yourself is, what can I give? 
How can I be involved? And they're preserving. I don't want to prophesy doom and gloom, but conflict will happen. If there's more than you in the church, there will be conflict. The question is, how will we deal with it? What will you do about it? Not what will Tim or what will the elders or, you know, what will Johan have to do about it? What will you do about it? And how we handle conflict determines our level of spiritual maturity. The goal is always reconciliation, not justification. There's times where I know I'm right. Thank you. Is that on the recording? She just said, I usually am. Thank you, Jesus. Um, No, no. There's times where I know I'm right, and I can push that point and be like, I know I'm right, and I know you're, but it's not going to reconcile. Sometimes you just got to shut your mouth and go, for the sake of relationship, stop shaking your head. Stop it. Why are you agreeing? She's very enthusiastic about this point. Like we always say, if the Lord's convicting you, you can't respond for somebody else. Sorry. We're having a domestic here in the middle of this. Uh, we love each other. As a preacher, God, yeah, you preach to yourself first. Sixthly, be passionate and stay passionate. Can you say passionately, yay, this morning? I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Okay, let's, can you say Jesus? One, two, three. Jesus! That's not very passionate. Let's go, let's go a bit bigger. More like the, my friend over here. She's passionate. One, two, three. Jesus! Okay, some, everyone's going red. People are getting embarrassed. Be passionate about what God's doing. It looks like something. Have fun. Don't apologize for being passionate. Don't apologize for being called the crazy one. If somebody said that, like, oh, you're the crazy one, just tone it down. Tell them to go. (laughs) Say, no, I'm being passionate for Jesus. Jesus comes to to the, the house of Bethany, and they throw a party for him. And Mary takes a, a jar worth a year's worth of wages, and she breaks it open and anoints him. And it says the fragrance filled the whole house. But Judas, his response, the religious response, was that's too much. Could have been used for the poor. He didn't care about the poor. He had a religious heart that wanted to mock the extravagance and the passion that pours itself out upon Jesus. Don't be those people. Be a Mary. Bring the extravagant offering. Hey, kids, let's welcome the kids back in. Woohoo! Let's give them a Jesus on one, one two, three. Jesus! <laughs> We're talking about being passionate. They can come to the front. Yeah. Do you think you guys can say a Jesus louder than they can just say a Jesus? Yeah? Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay, on three, as loud as you can, we're going to say Jesus, okay? You got to be louder than them. I think you can be. All right, ready? One, two, three. Jesus! (laughs) Well done. Amazing. Learn to be like kids, Jesus said. You want to know how to be passionate? Be like the kids. You know how to be passionate? 
get the kids to do some worship out there and go have a little spy on them. Kids are insane in worship. No boundaries. They, they, they don't have a fear of man. Have you ever seen a kid doing somersaults in worship? Why not? Backflips off the wall? Why not? <laughs> yeah. See? Be free. Be free. Go for your... Jesus says, be like little children. Tim and Kate and this team need passionate people around them. They don't need sad sacks who look like they're sucking on lemons all the time. If that's you, take the lemon out of your mouth. Get passionate about Jesus. Have a coffee and get excited. (laughs) And lean in. Hey, guys. What have you got? What have you got? That's awesome. I like it. Thanks for coming in. I've got one more point, okay? Can you guys deal with one, one point? It'll be short, and then we're going we're gonna to pray for them, okay? My last point is this. In this season, passionately pursue the prophetic. We have to hear the now word, the rhema word of God. Amen. Romans 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, the rhema of Christ. God wants to speak and to show or to demonstrate. God wants to speak to you. Remember I started this by saying, this is not just about the eldership team or the leaders. It's not just God wants to speak to Tim and Kate. He does, but God wants to speak to you. God wants to demonstrate to you and through you. He wants you to hear and see. Faith comes by hearing. If he says it, it's good enough. That has to be the position of our heart. If he says it, it's good enough. Isaiah 58, verse 11 to 12. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desires or your need in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Excuse me. And your, your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Church, even as there's a leadership transition this morning, there's also a shifting for you as a church. There's an acceleration in the spirit for everyone who is a part of Redemption Hills Church. Will you say yes? Will you have a growth mindset? What does that mean? A willingness to accelerate and be part of what God's doing. Yes. Awesome. These kids are responding got to make room for these kids. They're going to be a good example for you. I have other things, but I'm going to stop. I just want to tell you a few things to remember. You can write them down or they can be on the recording. <laughs> remember that God will provide for what he's called you to do. God will provide. There will always be a ram in the thicket, Genesis 22. Remember, uh, people, I feel like people you don't even know right now will come alongside you to be your friends and partners in ministry. But you're going to have to be way more passionate as a church about what you're for than what you're against. Can you hear that, church? You're going to have to be way more passionate about what you're for than what you're against. You're going to have to choose whether you want to please insiders or reach outsiders. You're going to have to choose, church, whether you want to please insiders whether you want to reach outsiders. You please him and he will add. Stay authentic to who God's called you to be. 
You don't have to be and you can't be anyone else. So be you. Be who God's called you to be. Lord, I thank you for the season that this church is in. I thank you for your presence in this place. We say yes to you. Lord, even as we're going to pray for Tim and Kay and the team, and there's a, a, there's a beautiful moment that's about to happen, Lord, we don't want to miss the moment of responding to you this morning. Would you do, do some business with him right now? If you need to respond to one of these points, would you allow the Lord to shift your heart, to bring freedom this morning? Maybe there's, there's some healing that needs to take place right now where there's been hurt because of offense or because of division in churches in the past. Lord, I just declare healing right now in Jesus' name, freedom in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. So what I'd like to do today, now, in this next part, um, is pray for Tim and Kate and for my parents, Russ and Mary, and for the whole eldership team. So can I get all of you guys, Tim and Kate, mom and dad, eldership team, everyone to come to the front. Get up here on the stage. Let's have a party. I might go to the side. Come on, come on. Somebody should take a photo of these guys. Hello. Hi, Phil. You have an official photographer. This is amazing. That's awesome. So, um, so Tim and Kate, why don't you guys come over here? I'm going to stage manage this a little bit. Mom and Dad, slide down. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Tim and Kate some questions, and then I'm going to ask the eldership team some questions, and I'm going to ask you some questions. So make sure you listen, because you're going to have to answer these ones, okay? Um, if you've been a part, because I've been, the, been privileged to do a couple of eldership ordinations here, you might recognize these questions, because it's the, it's the similar sort of uh, setting in. So the first one is, the, the, the first couple questions are for Tim and Kate. Do you believe that you have been called by God to lead and care for this team that leads Redemption Hills Church? Yes, we do. Yay. This is party. You guys, can, you guys can get excited. If he said no, we were in trouble. This whole thing was going to go south right there. Um, will, <laughs> will you serve this church, love them, care for them, admonish them, correct them, and rebuke them, and encourage them in the fear of the Lord? If we have to. <laughs> <laughs> will you seek to honor other ministries and other churches in this area um, and elsewhere that honor Jesus and promote the practice of the unity of the Spirit that God commands in Ephesians 4? Amazing. Okay, eldership team. Hello. Um, I'm going to ask you a question now. Do you believe that Tim and Kate have been called by God to lead this team that leads Redemption Hills Church? Yes. You guys all see that? As a team, they're on board. This is, it's important, though, because it's not like, hey, we've decided, or Russ and Mary have decided. As a team, they've all heard God together. My other question is, will you love Tim and Kate? care for them, admonish them, pray for them, support them, lighten their burdens, and encourage them in the fear of the Lord. If we have to. <laughs> if we have to. <laughs> a 
Okay, church, I'm going to ask you some questions. Would you all stand with me and us today? If you're a part of Redemption Hills Church, if you, this is your first time or you're a guest, um, you can still stand, but this question isn't for you yet. Yeah, yeah you guys can stand. Um, so I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to put you on the spot today, okay? This is like an interactive game. It's amazing. Um, if you can't honestly answer yes to these questions, I'm going to ask you to sit down. Is that all right? And it's, uh, if you don't sit down, that's between you and God. Um, but this is a church family thing today. This is not just about a couple. This is about us together. So my first question is this that I'm going to ask for you. Will you support, pray for, and obey these servants of God as a team? Yes. More passion, please. Hey, kids, can you, can you guys show them how to say yes really loud? One, two, three. Okay, see? Well done. Secondly, will you seek to lighten their load by joyfully responding to them and submitting to them in the things of God? Yeah. <laughs> That's better. Well done. Well done. Then in light of your confession, as Paul wrote to Timothy, I want to read 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 to 5. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. We're going to lay hands on Tim and Kate, and we're going to set them into this place of leading the team and pray for them. But I think there's a couple of prophetic pictures, and um, I think mom and dad have a gift or something for you. So um, we're gonna, you, guys can, you guys can sit down again. Thank you for standing. You're amazing. Go ahead. Uh, hang on. Hold this, please. Oh. <laughs> the bag. Okay. Okay, okay. So first of all, I'll hold it once I get myself sorted out. Um, just for little Kate here. She's, I'll hold it. So anyway, Kate has become a dear friend, and um, I'm just so proud of you, and I just want to say, be yourself. But the thing I heard the Lord say was very simple, and it's, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And there's a little gift that goes with that, and you can read more about that in your card. But also for both of you, I felt like the Lord say, you've, you've gone through the fire, and you've come out like gold. And he's very proud of you. You have endured. The pressure's been on. And he is just pleased with you as people. And so just thank you that you've hung in there and you've kept Jesus for front, first and foremost. And you'll continue to do that. And so, Tim, now. Oh, wait, where's Kate's? I gave it to her. Okay, that's Kate's present. Okay, so. Okay, so I was praying for this Tim, and I have over the last few months, and the picture I kept getting was the, a conductor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
I've bought him a conductor stick. <laughs> baton. baton, a baton. No, I, I want it to be a stick. <laughs> it's a baton, you can hold that. <laughs> anyway, there's lots of analogies you can do. Um, I was in an orchestra and uh, honestly, if all the musicians are practiced and know, know their parts, you don't really need the conductor, okay? So it speaks of the priesthood, it speaks of lots of things. But I asked the Lord, what are you highlighting in this? Because there's lots of obvious pictures. And he said, look at the hands, look at the conductor's hands. And the right hand is for keeping the beat, keeping the tempo. And it's always steady and following the music. The conductor knows the whole score. <laughs> and the left hand, is for something different. The left hand is for bringing expression, um, bringing in the, the pathos, the passion, um, when the orchestra's to get louder, when it's to be quiet, who's to come in when, um, who's to stop. And they're aware of all the rest when it just needs to be silent. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I am the conductor. You get to participate with me, all of you. You might be head of a section or a choir or whatever, and it all comes together in this beautiful song that Jesus has written. And um, won't you be submitted to me and conduct with me? On the right hand is the word. You keep in step with the word. You guard the word. You keep the word. You bring everyone back to the word. The truth will always prevail. And the left hand is the Holy Spirit, bringing in his heart, his passion, his love, his whatever he wants to bring. Wonderful. And so that's it. Wonderful. There you go. Wonderful. Also in this is a pair of binoculars. <laughs> Trish actually prayed this at prayer last week. Uh, with binoculars, you see the whole, but you also see far. And uh, I felt like that part of the role of leading the team, even though God can speak to anyone on the team, it's seeing far, not so much a prophetic sense, but the consequences of decisions, seeing the bigger picture. And so I just felt that in that, God's saying that he'll put, it's a supernatural wisdom, because wisdom is really the ability to see what's down the road from the decisions we make. And so that God will give you that wisdom uh, as part of the, the responsibility of the, the role not just as gifting. There's gifting and then there's, there's function. And so it's part of the function. Amazing. We are going to pray. But uh, I just want to share another prophetic word because um, given that they've just given you two gifts, um, Paul, Paul had sent through for you specifically, Tim, um, Exodus chapter 4. And the word was this, use what's in your hand. <laughs> Use what's in your hand. Um, you know, Moses said, said, I can't speak, but he had a rod. And the Lord says, use what's in your hand. And he used that rod powerfully. It was the Lord that did it. Moses didn't cause the rod to become a snake or to, to bud or the, you know, all the other things that happened. It was the Lord that did it. So we're going to pray for you guys. Um, can, can I get Tim and Kate and Mom and Dad to just step down in the middle there? Because we're going to gather around them. But I want to do a prophetic picture for you as well. Tim's mom's here. Yeah. Welcome, Tim's mom. <laughs> Hi. Who is Tim's mom? Hi. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thanks for being here. So uh, there's like there's a, profi- uh, a prophetic picture, um, and the Bible talks about a mantle. And this is not a person's mantle, but there is a transferring of a mantle. A mantle is like like a covering. It's a thing of of the Lord, um, an anointing for a task. And so this is just my shirt. It's not um, it's not a, anything special. I, I I wore it yesterday to the barbecue, so um, it's not an ephod, but it's close. But I, I felt like God wanted to do this this morning and basically take the mantle that had been put upon dad and mom to, <laughs> to lead this team. And there is, in a real sense, in a, in a spiritual sense, you got to let it go. <laughs> and he's putting it upon you guys this morning. You can get the sleeve. <laughs> um, and the arm. And he's putting it upon you guys this morning to step into the place of leading the team. Let's lay hands on these guys. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this new mantle. Let me take that off, actually. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, Lord, the anointing upon them, that you have called them, that you've called them. Lord, that you enable them, that you empower them. And so right now, Lord, Lord, we set them into this role and this function of leading this team, Lord. Lord, as the team stands with them, Lord, and as they've said, hey, we've heard, we have heard God that it's Tim and Kate to lead. Lord, we ask right now, Lord, would your mantle of leadership for this team, Lord, rest upon them, but would it be one that is light and one that is easy? Lord, we thank you for your anointing, Lord. Fresh empowering, fresh empowering, Lord. Fresh faith, Lord. Lord, fresh faith for release of the presence of God in every area. Lord, grace upon them. Lord, grace for freedom. Lord, grace, Lord, to take people into deeper places. Lord, grace for growth. Grace for growth, Lord. Lord, grace for new regions and new areas and new, new, new areas of impact, Lord, and new people. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for who they are, but we thank you for who you are in them even more. And we honor them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Can we all say amen together? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Before the rest of the eldership leave the stage, I just, um, we were transitioned a, a team, like Tim and Kate are, and you guys are so key in all of this. And your love for them and your love for the church is going to make the world of difference. And our team saved us on several occasions, many occasions, but, it's, <laughs> but, but they were for us and for the church. And we knew that in everything that they bought, they were for us and for the church. So don't hold back when you know God's leading something, but in love, love them so beautifully. And this church is just going to thrive and flourish. Let's give them a hand. I want to encourage you because we believe the Lord speaks, and I, I, I hope you are hearing and listening to his speaking, um, that if you have anything for Tim and Kate or for the team, can I encourage you to write it down? If you all try and give it to them now, they'll never get lunch. Um, but write it down and give it to them because you know what happens in moments like this is that like, it's easy to forget the things that were said. Write it down, email it to them, give it to them so they can remember those things. Hey, kids, are you going? See you, kids. Are you leaving? Oh, 
Bye. <laughs> We're going to be done, like, right now. They're signing out. Don't forget to sign your kids out afterwards. They're your kids. They don't belong to the church. <laughs> Tim and Kate, good luck. You've just inherited 40 kids. <laughs> now, please, um, please write any prophetic words down. Give them to Tim and Kate. Um, we're so excited to be partnering with you and for the season that God has. Um, and I honestly believe there's new doors that are going to open to you guys as a church, to the nations. Um, and he's leading you to people that haven't heard the gospel yet. Will you say yes to that? Tim, I'm going to hand back to you for the first time. Come up here. Come up here, my guy. You know, like when you do a wedding, I can say, now I get to present to you for the very first time leading the team at Redemption Hills Church, Tim and Kate Oliver.